Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. People were healed and touched by the power of God. And uh, he'll be here tonight for just what we need if we'll be sensitive to him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just going to obey the Lord tonight. I'm, I'm not going to try to teach or preach. I'm just going to obey the Lord and whatever he... Amen. And uh, so... Hallelujah. So just hang with me a little while, and uh, we'll try to do something for the glory of God, because this is what it's all about tonight. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you hearing me, uh, but I want you to hear who I'm speaking for. Amen. I'm, I'm that voice that's left here to speak to you so by the help of God I want to fulfill that spot that God has placed me in praise the Lord tonight I'm going to be turning to Mark chapter number 11 in your hearing it's not not an unfamiliar verse or scriptures it's something that's been preached from many times and um, I want to take a look at it again Mark 11, starting in verse number 12 and reading down through 14. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came. If happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it. How very many people speaks to trees. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word. Asking your Lord that you would anoint the word. Anoint my lips, God. Let me speak, Lord, some encouragement and strength to the church. God, through this message tonight, that God, it might stir our hearts and our minds, God, into a closer walk with you, Lord. Because we're living in that day, Lord, that we need that closer walk and that closer attraction to you than the things of the world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I want to minister tonight, speak on this subject. Promise without performance promise without performance we are reading whether you realize it or not 
ministers probably would, but if you've read any commentaries or anything like that, we are reading from one of the most controversial commentary scriptures in the Bible tonight. And it seems that the commentaries and commentators cannot agree upon the meaning of these verses. Some of them just kind of just pretty well says, I don't know what it means and I don't know what it's saying. And others, they try to figure it out. And so I just must tell you right now from the onset of this message tonight that this is from Bishop McGee's commentary. Uh, you know, Mark 11, 12 through 14, and I'll be referring to Matthew 21, 19. Uh, I'll be referring to that, and I, I want you to know it's from my commentary, and I, I believe we need to read these verses for what they say and not try to make them say something different. Uh, you, you know, there, there is this thing, it seems like, among the commentaries that uh, they want to they make a different picture. The Lord's trying to teach a lesson to, to the church, and the Lord's trying to do this, and, 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 and it's all symbolic. Well, I believe it's exactly what it said. When I began to read and study it, I, I felt like that God was just speaking to us, can I say, through this tonight. I want us to notice in Scripture uh, where they were in this thing. I mean, even in, in, even in verse 11 of chapter 11, it, it says that they were in like suburbs of Indianapolis or anything. Carmel's just a suburb, really. It may be a known city, but it's still just a suburb of Indianapolis. Amen. And Plainfield and all of those that are sitting right there and and uh, Greenwood and all of those. Amen. Uh, Matthew 21, 19, and I'm not going there, but just I told you I'd be referring there, said the fig tree was in the way. Now, or can I change that because people would like to even change that sometimes, but the, when it says that it was in the way, in other words, what it was saying there was that uh, it's by the roadside. It's by a road that is normally traveled. It's a well-traveled road that comes in and out of town, and people travel it daily. So the fig tree was there. And, and, and if you study, you find that there was, this was common in the day that they had trees in the city. Amen. And they were there for a purpose. This tree was not the property of anybody, but it was everybody. Come on. It was there for anybody who traveled this road that was hungry. Come on. That they could stop and they could partake of the fruit off of this tree. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tie this all together some way if you'll stay with me. This, I believe that this church does not belong to any one single person. We all pay into it. We all are a part of it, but it is not ours. And the truth is, this church is sitting there just like that fig tree that if anybody comes by this way and they're thirsty or they're hungry, come on, 
that they can come in and they can get something to drink and to eat. It's a anybody's church. Help us, Lord, when it becomes our church and not God's church. I think too many times the church is looked upon, well, this is our church. You know, we're living in a world today that, you know, certain people's got their seats picked out and that's my seat. And I've been to places before where they dare tell you that's their seat. And I never did find their name on it anywhere. They had put claim on it. But I'm going to tell you, when we get to the place that we don't welcome everybody in the church to worship, we're in trouble. Now, I'm going to say something to you, and, 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 and I hope you don't get ang- aggravated by me, if, but if you do, then I'm just going to pray for you, and Lord bless you, and you go ahead and you believe what you want to do, but I'm right. You know, there is, I have found in churches so many times that we are so critical, Brother Mason. We are so judgmental. That we have forgot where we came from. We forgot that we was all brand new Christians one day. And we didn't have it all together either. Come on. But thank God for a fig tree that was in the way. That we could come in and worship. Come on. Even though we didn't have it all together. Oh hallelujah. I'm about to feel Holy Ghost now. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. And I've been to those churches where, you know, that somebody have come in and somebody knows them. And Brother Mason, somehow during the worship, something happens and they begin to worship. You know, they begin to raise their hand up. And some big mouth is sitting back there saying, well, I wonder what they're doing with their hands up. They don't got no bits with their hands up. I know what kind of li- life they live. I'm going to tell you right now, anybody can work. <laughs> Bible said bring your gift in and bring it to the altar. Come on. And lay it down. And if you've got aught against your brother, go take care of it first before you ever offer a sacrifice. But I'm telling you, God is watching for sinners to come through our doors and just lift up their hand and begin to worship. I don't care where they are in their life. I don't care what they've done that day. They can worship. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I wasn't going to preach tonight. I'm just going to, it's going to be just really nice and... Hallelujah. See, I want to tell you something. Anybody can come in the church and they can worship whether they know God or don't. 
A sinner can worship God. That's how they find God. And you don't want them to worship. Bless God, Bishop. You don't know their life. I do. Well, glory to God in the highest. I'm glad they're here. I'm glad they're worshiping. Maybe this won't be the last time they'll come and worship. Come on. I pray to God that they like the fig tree well enough and the fruit that they'll come back after more. <laughs> Woo, be glad there's some fruit on the tree. Jesus looked and what he saw was leaves and it promised fruit. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. See, Mark says Jesus saw the fig tree afar off. And he's seeing the leaves and seeing the leaves on it. And the Bible said he was hungry. Come on. All right. Lord, let us have hungry people come in. Come on. I, I want them to come in desiring Jesus. And the Bible says, it was afar off that leaves, and he came happily if he might find anything thereon. In other words, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear the commentators all pieces because they all get all in a mess about all this. And, you know, well, you know, Jesus was, this was symbolic. Jesus was speaking from his flesh. No, he wasn't. He's God. He's God. He knows what's going on. I don't care if he's in, in, the, in the man Jesus Christ or in the spirit. He's still God. All right? Hallelujah. He was expecting to find some fruit on it. Now, I know the commentators can't decide whether it was a time for figs or not. Because just because of that one little phrase in there, they think that, well, it, 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 it's not time for the figs yet. For the time of the figs was not yet. They used that as... Well, it wasn't even time for figs on trees. Well, I disagree. Hallelujah. I believe that there was no mistake about this. For the God of heaven, the God who made heaven and who made earth, Brother Mason, was not the least confused about whether there should be figs on the tree or not. He was expecting it. Come on. Everybody said expecting. You know what? If we come to the if we would come to the tree expecting, if we would come to the church expecting, I wonder what had happened if we'd all just come in the door and say, man, something's going to happen tonight. And that's happened before. And, and, and a lot of times before it happened, we already knew it was going to happen. I can say this, and, and my family will probably laugh a little bit, and that'd be all right. But but when we was in the parsonage, and this is this is true, probably ninety nine times out of a hundred, that if me as pastor then went home and took a nap in the afternoon, or if I didn't take a nap, something was going to happen that night. If I didn't get my nap in, watch out. I tell them something's going to happen. It's going to happen. If I can't sleep, there's something going on in the heavenlies. 
and nine times out of ten it was right. Come on, church. You know why? Because sometimes when I come home from Sunday morning church, somehow there was an expectancy that never did leave me that day that I felt like I'm going back tonight and there's something else going to happen tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, if you just stay with me a while because I think we need this expectancy in the church. Jesus came to the fig tree because he saw the leaves and it was promised him, him fruit. And when he went and found no fruit on it, come on, he cursed the thing because it wasn't doing what it should do. How many times has he passed by us? And he saw the leaves but hadn't found any fruit. How many times have we come to church and we knew that something should happen? We... Speak some truth here. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm just, I'm just going to be bold as can be. And I'll only be here this Wednesday night, next Wednesday night, you know, to preach to you. And you'll have you hear a pastor after that anyway. And you'll hear some good preaching in between. So I'm just going to go ahead and step out there on that limb. Amen. But the truth is, the truth is, we need to start expecting. And I'm going to tell you, and I felt this. Sunday morning, Sunday night there was something great in this service and somebody didn't carry through what they should be doing I felt the Holy Ghost in here I believe it's Sunday night Sunday night I felt a, a good spirit in the singing and all of that and, and when I got up here even really to do the prayer request I, I just felt like the Lord wanted wasn't done yet I didn't feel like things were finished. I didn't feel like that we finished Sunday night service well. Come on. Pastor done what he, he, he come and he preached and done a great job. And all that. But I feel in between there that there was some that did not do what God wanted them to do. You know why? Because a lot of times we come in and we expect it's going to work through somebody else. You know, it's expectancy, all right, but I'm expecting somebody else to do it tonight. You stir the waters. You step in. You, you just don't understand where I'm at, Bishop. I'm, you know, hey, I've been feeling bad, and I've been dragging today. I wonder if you'd just drag your old body to church and say I'm going to worship tonight in the face of everything because I see leaves and I found fruit. Come on. Ha-ha. Woo. Hey, I come in expecting, and whether you do or not, I'm going to find some fruit on the tree. Jesus looked, and he couldn't find none. But I'm telling you, if we would look hard enough, we'd find some fruit in every service. Because if, if the Lord finds a church without any fruit on it, he'll curse it. Man, that tree, yes, you curse. It's dead today. Well, Peter, you could say to yon mountain, if you just believe it, it'll be done. Come on. It is the time of figs. Come on. 
Oh, it's not revival time. Yes, it is. It's time for revival. We just need to find the figs. Come on. We need to get some leaves growing on the tree. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. If Jesus had not been looking for the leaves and looking for some figs, I don't believe it it took time just to check it out if he didn't think there was any figs on it. Our Savior is smarter than that. He knows everything, y'all. Commentators can argue about it and fret about it all they want to, but I'm going to read it for what it says. He come looking for figs. Come on. Yeah, let me tell you something. When people come in this church, they've heard about it already. And you know what they come? And, and it's so sad that we don't give them what they're looking for half the time because when they come in the door, it's like, oh, well, we all got to be good tonight. Plucking some figs off the tree. Come on, allow there to be a move of God. They've come to feel it. They've come to see it. And we let them down. And they go home without any fruit, knowing this is a fruit-bearing church. What a sad thing. That's just like walking up to the fig tree that's full of figs. Oh, boy, them sure are pretty men. I'm hungry. And walk off and leave them. We do that in church. How many times we've left and there's the, the tree's just full of figs. Nobody's eating. In fact, nobody's even standing up so they can reach up and get them. Ooh, he. Mercy. No praise going on, no worship going on. Come on. It's, it's almost like we got our recliners at church. We're kicked back. laugh if you want to but when we come to this church look at it it had a recliner on the platform am I right brother Mason and it was the preachers too things have changed around here y'all and if you're expected to go back the other way forget it I got embarrassed. I got almost got embarrassed about our church, and I wasn't even here. Sister McGee and I went to a church here a few Sundays ago, and they don't have what we have. Thank God we've got something. And you know what? No, nobody asked them. They didn't have to be told. You know what they they stood during all of the worship service, every last one of them. And we that are filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of tongues, sometimes almost got to pry them off of their seat to get them to worship. Nobody wants to pick figs. I don't know about you, but I want some figs. Come on, when I come to church, I've come to, not just to take up space, as Sister McGee sings. I'm just warming up. I didn't just come here to take up space, but I'm figuring on getting me a basket of figs before I leave here. Come on. Oh, Jesus, I don't have to hurry here. Hallelujah.
I want you to know that through this, that I don't believe Jesus was mistaken and he walked up to that tree and wasn't expecting figs. He knew that it was the time for figs. Who knows harvest time be better than Jesus? Tell me that. So commentators, think what you want, but I know that Jesus knew what he was doing. Hallelujah. They get caught up in that statement, the time of the figs was not yet. Let me, that's pretty easy. If you, if you just look at that and read a little bit, in other words, it, was, it wasn't time to gather them. They hadn't been gathered yet, so there would have been figs on the tree. Now, that's pretty simple. Even I understand that, and I'm not a smart person. I'm just an ordinary, everyday Joe. Or Paul. Or, or Mike. Or Andrew. I'm just everyday guy. Man, praise the Lord. See, I have read where it was not uncommon for the figs to produce in this area year-round. I've read that. History said that there were early figs that were small called Takish, T-A-K-S-H. And they were small figs, and they come on even before the leaves. Now think about this a little bit. Give you a little history lesson. They came on the tree, so Jesus already knew if it had leaves on the tree that it ought to have some figs. Come on. Because there were small figs. The first crop was small figs that come on. Then later on, a few months later, there were some big figs that come on. So Jesus knew that there ought to be something on the tree. And I'm telling all of Mount Carmel, if they come to our church, they ought to find figs. Now, the reason some people can't find figs is because they sleep through it. But you got to, come on, to, pitch, to, to pick the figs, you got to be awake. Yes, sir. Can't close your eyes and see the figs. I love you, Brother Pat. <laughs> Jesus knew there was figs on the tree. Back on track now, y'all. Let me tell you something. This is how the church should be. There should be fruit for those that pass by needing a refreshing. There should not be, and let me decide, I'm going to zero in on this, and if this skins your hide, I hope it does. There should not be stale services. I said there should not be stale services in the house of God. You're also particular if you go get potato chips and they're stale and not crunchy, you're ready to take them back and get your money back and get you some more chips. Am I right? I know you, but I know y'all. I've been around a while. You're particular in some things about what you eat. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, there's some people standing outside of our doors waiting to get in. They know what we've got, but they want to make sure it's there. Come on. All right. I'm, not, I'm just going to go ahead and put it down the road. The truth is there's a lot of them that's watching the leaves first. They're just going to see if there's any growth before they ever come and check out the figs. Oh, 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 oh. Woo, glory. No stale services. Each service needs to be a time of refreshing and renewing. I don't know about you, but every time I come in the house of God, I want renewed and refreshed. That, that's, I don't want to stale last week's sermon. I, come on, I, I don't want to stale last week's, uh, you know, altar service. I want to stale, I want, some, I want some new, I don't want it to be the same thing and it was last week. I want something new, I want something fresh. Come on, I don't want you to just turn the tape on and, try and play what we had last week. I want something new. Come on, church. Oh, hallelujah. I said, I want something new. I want fresh fruit. I don't want strawberries. You got to do that too. I don't want to be soft, but I don't want to be so hard I can't get my teeth through them either. I want, I want ripe fruit. Come on, if I'm going to eat cantaloupe, I want it sweet. And if I want watermelon, I'm sick. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. See, I believe the Lord expects us to find fresh fruit in our services every time. Every time there ought to be fresh fruit. Not stale. You keep banana very long, you know, after it starts getting black here and there. It's no good. I, I, want, I want to taste that banana. But, you know, it, it don't matter to me if it's just got just a tad of green on the peeling. Just, then it's just right. Now, I didn't say sour. I want it to still be sweet. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. See, Jesus looked and saw a tree for the mason of promise. But he found it to be a tree of no performance. Come on. Promise without performance is no good. Come on, it can look promising. Come on, the church can look promising. But if there's nothing happening in there... Come on, we may have a lot of the stuff that it takes to make up a good church. Come on, the church can have beautiful landscaping, property that's kept well, even a blacktop drive. I'm dreaming, it's all right. It's all right to dream. Without a dream, you'll perish. Well-lighted, you know, parking lot with lined parking spaces. And the inside may look just as well as the outside. Come on. The music and the singing can be ever so good. Come on. There may be programs 
Everybody said programs. So let's say it again. Programs. For all ages. And these may draw people to the church. Because it looks good. There's some leaves. It's got promise. But promise without performance, with some of the anointing in our midst, we probably won't keep these people long. Because most of those people are searching out not only leaves but fruit. They're searching out to feel something, Brother Mike. They have heard that you go down there and you're allowed to see somebody take off running, somebody jumping, and they've come to see that. You know why they come to see it? Because they want to see if they can feel anything while it's going on. They probably are not going to tell you that, but the truth is they have heard all about it. Oh, it's just a few weeks ago or something like that. Me and Brother Mike was out and we, was, we got to reminisce a little bit about the old church, real old church, when the first church at Kingsburg when I was a child, when Brother Mike was, when we were growing up and, and uh, it had painted wood floors. That old yucky yellow kind of looking, yellow goldish color. Remember it? And then we had the board pews, you know, with they were like slats, and they, you know, it was separated. Them slats were separated a little bit in between, so your rear could work its way down there, and it pinch you real good. But I remember that Mama found God, and Daddy was still backslid. Some years had been backslid, and I won't forget that. And, and, and the, our electricity was just really good. We had really nice wiring. The, the wire was hanging down, and there was a bulb screwed in on the end of it. All right, I'm, it's right in my. On this side of the church, back middle ways, we had, a, we had an old stove back there, and so you had to build a fire in it. Come on now. Come on, church. But guess what? In all of that, without any air conditioning, in the summertime, we'd open them windows and turn on some fans. My daddy, I remember, we were in a revival. Brother Ted Kendall, y'all wouldn't know nothing about that. Brother Mike would remember him. He was holding a revival. Man, every night was just packed out. My daddy happened to be on the outside window, and he was accompanied by a few others in town that come to see what was going on. Come on. I'm talking about a fig tree with leaves. See, they had seen it, and, then, and, and now they're witnessing whether there's any figs on it or not. So they standing outside that window over it's close to the platform on this side, on the left side of that church. There was a window open there. Daddy was standing out there with some others, and, and one of them turned around to Dad. It looked like 
like this. And he said, man, did you feel that come out that window? Dad said, yes, I did. That's the Holy Ghost. He knew what it was. You know what? It wasn't long till Daddy was on the inside. Come on, church. You know why? Because there wasn't only leaves, but there was figs. Come on. There was fruit on the tree. We are living in a day that people is hunting fruit on the tree. Come on. They don't want just to look good, church. They want to feel good, church. That I feel good when I go. And I feel good when I, oh, when I come home. I feel like I've been someplace. And even though I was tired, now I am refreshed. Glory. There wasn't only promise, there was performance. Man, you can take that. You can take that best looking. You, you can take a, the best looking BMW there is. You can take that Beamer, and you can put the hottest engine in that jewel. You can put that five-speed transmission in there, buddy. But if that thing won't run, it's not worth a plug nickel. If you can't show off a little bit with it. Come on, what's a stealth if you can't get on it a little? What's a beamer if you can't? I got some zip here. Like this, come on. You know what? You know why people don't come to our church? Because they don't see enough zip. at that all you want but I believe there's truth in that if we'd get our zip back we'd start filling this church up and this church wouldn't hold them in this city we need to get some zip going on in the church so man them people's got together there's something going on in there I went in there and I felt it You've, you've seen some people come in here and got like that. They felt it. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need more than, than good looks. We need more than leaves. We need to produce some fruit. Hallelujah. Mark 4 and 7 says, and some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. Now I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on a little, little kick here. And I'm, I may get down where we live. But I'm going to tell you, it does make a difference how much we're involved in the service. Our surroundings affect us. If we could get all of our church together in worship, it would affect the church in a most positive way. Because the truth is, what one person does in the church that's negative affects everybody else.
They might, have not, they might have seen nothing bad out of anybody else, but one person in that church can spoil what God wants to do for somebody because they said, well, I seen so-and-so. And it just turned them off. They seen leaves, but they didn't see no performance, no figs. I'm praying for figs. And I, and I like it that the fig tree produces some little ones and then produces some big ones. I think we need it all, you know. We need people in different positions in church. Come on, not, not everybody's going to be uh, got it all together and, and you don't have nothing to work on. I, I don't know of anybody in here right now that's got it all together and you don't have nothing to work on. I'm not that perfect. remember back when I didn't have it all together either yeah and I grew up in this and I didn't have it all together you know why because there was a time in my life that I had a little rebellion in me brother Mason that I just refused to be the status quo of the church I'm not going to be just like them I'm sorry you know but I'm telling you what we do and what we don't do affects everything in our church. If we all could be affected by Jesus in the most positive way in our worship and in our praise and in our talk. Well, I maybe won't go too far there because if I did, it probably makes the people uncomfortable, but... What I'm trying to say is even our surroundings in church affects us. Used, used, used to be the saying that one bad apple spoils a whole bunch. If you don't get it out of there, it will. You know what? That's why we need to come to church and we need to get everybody involved and being effective in church. We need to be producers of fruit. Because people... Well, I'll, I'll just leave it alone right now. Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his tree corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. They'll judge us according to the fruit that's in this church. And if there's no fruit, they're going to judge us by that. If you claim to be apostolic, then let's be apostolic. Come on. If we claim to be worshipers, then let's worship. If, if we believe in prayer, and this is the house of prayer, Brother Daniel, then let's be prayer warriors. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. This church is known by the people that's in it. What kind of picture are you painting this church to be as you walk about this city? Let me, let me, let me, let me say that again. I said, what kind of picture are you painting this church to be 
as you walk about in this city. Are you the same inside as you are outside? We are known by the fruit that we bear. What kind of spirit do you show this city when you're not in church? Are you an old grouch? Do you cut people off short? Are you kind? Or do you just tell people what you think? I'm going to be honest. There's times I've told people what I thought. I have trouble with doctors anyway, so sometimes I tell them what I think. Especially if they don't want to listen. Because that's what I pay them for, to listen to me. If they ain't going to listen... Neither am I going to listen to you. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I don't want to just look promising. I want to have some performance with promise. Romans 6, 22. I'm about to close. I really am. Sister Sarah, I'm not going to keep you an hour and a half. But now, 622, Romans 6. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So that tells me if I want to be a servant of God, first of all, I got to get rid of some sin. You come in and you can freely worship. You're, you can be a sinner and you can worship. But you can't be a servant of God and be a sinner. There's some things you have to do to straighten your life out. So, I don't know about you, but I want to be made free from sin. I, I want to be fruit-bearing. I, I don't want to just have leaves. See, see, back in those days, if, like, like Jesus, when, when he walked up and he found no fruit on the tree, you know, to him, that was just a hypocrite tree. It looked good. It, it looked like it was so promising he was going to get him something to eat. But when there nothing, wasn't nothing to be found on there, Brother Mike, he thought well, you might as well be barren, so he cursed it. You're barren anyway, so you're not going to produce. Why tether the ground? So he just cursed it. I'm closing. I want it to be said about this church that they have the fruit of holiness. Yeah, I know there's Bishop. He's going to ride that horse again, that holiness horse. And, and I've told you ever, ever since I've preached in this church, that holiness is not all about the outside. Holiness starts on the inside before it ever shows up on the outside. But it's got to get on the inside before it can show up on the outside. And when it shows up on the inside, 
You've got to do something about what you've got inside before it's going to show up outside. And, and this is the problem. There are some people that become stalemate in that place and they sit there and they don't grow because they're not, not willing, come on, to give up everything yet. So we've got people in the church. It's all different levels here. There's stair steps. Not everybody's at the same place. But I pray to God that we take a look and say, hey, I don't want just to be a tree that looks good, but I want to produce. I remember, I know he's not here tonight, but I, you know, I remember back years ago, Brother Butch first come to church, I remember. He told me one night, he said, he said, I don't want to be a spectator. How did he put it, brother? I don't want to be just a, a spectator, but I want to be a participator. I would to God that we'd have some people that say, I don't want to just spectate, but I want to participate. I don't want to just be look like a promise. I want to have some performance. You know why Jesus picked us? It's because in the position that we were at, when he looked through and saw us, he didn't see what we were, but what we could be. He looked beyond our outward appearance and said, you know what, I can make something. Hallelujah. I'm finished. Praise the Lord. I want you to be here Sunday morning. I don't know which one of these fine fellows is going to minister. I got a feeling this guy sitting right here is going to do Sunday morning. Pastor didn't tell me. I didn't have to know. I'm gonna, Whoever's going to be here and preach, I'm going to be here and back them up. Amen. So let's invite people. Amen. Shirts are still on sale. We've got to get them out of pastor's office and hang them back there so you can look at them here. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Y'all didn't, didn't endure. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.